It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And welcome to Monday's Terrace Podcast. We're joining you somewhere from roughly about the middle of the Somme. Um, so if you hear cracks and pops in the background, it's simply because it's the 5th of November. I'm joined today by Ewan Taylor, who's presumably setting off various fireworks of his own after a, a lovely day at Hamden. Yes, indeed. I thought, I mean, uh, at least we got a mention of the Somme, which will cheer Hearts fans up. Um, and uh, they need to cheer up after getting absolutely gubbed 3-1 today. Lovely. Yes, they did indeed. And we'll get onto that in a little minute, but we'll go chronologically, I suppose. Yes. Um, or arguably what's with what's funnier. Um, so we'll start yesterday. Um, we'll start mm. running through the weekend's action. We'll do the two-cup semi-finals, and then we'll run through the remaining three Premiership fixtures from the weekend. Um, yesterday saw Aberdeen defeat Hibernian 1-0 with a Boyan Miofsky goal with 12 minutes remaining, uh, securing passage for Aberdeen through to the the I was going to say the Betfred the Premier Sports Cup final mm. um, the Viably yeah. Cup I think you'll find the Viably you've got getting your sponsors mixed up here Jim sponsors sponsors all over the place here nonetheless Aberdeen <laughs> secured a place in the Viably Cup final um, mm-hmm. which in itself doesn't sound like a hugely interesting thing went on and in large part of the game kind of reflected that as well but it was ultimately yeah. very very funny you uh, and kick us off. Yes, exactly. I mean, it followed the Scottish football mantra, I suppose, if you can't be good, be funny. And it definitely yep. was that as a game. Um, I thought it was absolutely appalling as a, as a game, uh, up until probably up until the red card, and then it got, got interesting, at least. Um, two teams that I think are very badly coached at the moment. Um, yep. Now, Aberdeen fans might not want to hear that because you know, they've got to a final and fair play to them. I can't, personally can't remember a team playing as badly as that and getting through a semi-final in, in recent times. Uh, the, I mean, I thought Aberdeen were terrible. The approach that they... For, to, to play, basically play 5-4-1 
against Hibs as Aberdeen yep. in a semi final, I thought was unbelievably negative from from Robson. Um, and and you know, the game panned out, you know, exactly as you, as you sort of thought. I mean, I, I I when I saw the teams come out, obviously, I think I thought the Hibs team looked very soft. Yep. Um, and playing obviously playing uh, Levitt and um, and you uh, as the two centre mids and and basically as a sort of, I mean I know that um, the Montgomery's taking issue with people calling it four two four, but I mean it is. I'm sorry because Jared Tavares <laughs> and the LU and and Martin Boyle really these days can't tackle. So you know they're not they're not they're they're attacking players. So did you, to I know that I think Jago was unavailable, um, but the. To, to go with that that kind of approach, I thought was you really really soft. And then when I looked at the Aberdeen team, I was like, "That's that, you've gone the other way. You've gone the other way, sir. You're playing four centre mids um, for some reason, <laughs> um, and uh, one striker and really five defenders." So yeah, it, it was two teams. I don't know what the each team thought the other team was going to do, but Hibs looked, I thought, quite confused as to why Aberdeen weren't coming out at all uh, to to play. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, I thought Aberdeen really set up as if they were playing one of the old firm or you know Frankfurt or whoever your palk maybe in the in the um, in the Conference League, and and went with that approach. And I, I yeah, I, I I just really thought it was they, they didn't deserve to go through Aberdeen on that. I thought, but um, I, but then their performance in the last fifty minutes, they you know they they probably. They did deserve it because Hibs didn't do anything to uh, you know, to win the game themselves. A, a truly surreal, surreal um, selection um, from Aberdeen in the way in which they set up, but then similarly mm. for the last fifteen minutes after going a man down, suddenly went, well, I suppose we can, that that means we can now open up and play. Um, <laughs> yes, which felt like a very strange, strange way in which to approach uh-huh. a game of football, being yeah. down to ten men and then seeing that as the opportunity to then go and yeah. take the game on. Yeah. Mm. Um, a difficult one, a difficult one to to, to process, really. Um, hmm. Not a huge amount of chance, not a huge amount in the game. Obviously, Hibernian had the ball in the back of the net, which I've I've mm-hmm. read a significant amount about um, bendy lines and um, uh, yeah, I, 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 lines I'm not, yeah. I'm not quite sure what to do with that. Um, I've also thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed um, friend of the show Chris Finn's um, take on. This as well, which is has done really well in terms of uh, outing a lot of Hibs fans of, of of being quite thick as well, which has really been enjoyable too. <laughs> yes, yeah, he's he's quite uh, he's taken against Nick Montgomery. I think it's fair to say Chris has, and um, rightly so. Um, and you know, and I say I've I've been on record. I don't know how many times on this podcast against the illegification of Scottish football, and uh, Nick Montgomery is is starting to prove me right because yeah, it's uh, it's just not really. Very impressive. His uh, his uh, his quotes ahead of the game, um, which felt <laughs> kind of like a Hibs AI. Um, yeah, yeah, was was uh, quite concerning as well. Um, of uh, I love big games and big occasions. I'm really looking forward to seeing all the green sh- green shirts and scarves at Hampden. Our fans will be there to support us and make a lot of noise. We want to send them home happy. Didn't, um, but <laughs> really didn't, <laughs> really didn't. But just like a really weak like. The more I hear of him, the more I hear from him, and the more that we see him, I still mm-hmm. think it's it's relatively difficult to judge how good, bad, or indifferent a Berlin football club are because there are <laughs> fundamental issues within that squad which mm-hmm. he cannot fix overnight, and he cannot fix without other better players within that as well. Mm-hmm. 
That said, that does not make him devoid, uh, that does not es- allow him to escape criticism for mm-hmm. being bad for 90 minutes, particularly bad for 50 minutes against a club that had 10 men who had not really, mm-hmm. like, the, an incredibly defensive looking and, and one, like, almost one pace team as well outside of Bojan Miowski. Um mm-hmm. Just a really, a really, really poor performance where, as you say, the, there was no real fluency to what Hibs really seemed to be doing. Um, with the attacking players that they have, he seems kind of stuck betwixt them between. And in, in terms of mm-hmm. not, go- if you're going to play the team that you have, simply take the handbrake off and go and try and score more goals than everybody else. Mm-hmm. I realise that isn't sort of coaching one hundred and one, um, and not how sensible mm-hmm. coaches do things. But similarly, you have enough players in that team that can score goals and and make make difference and, and be difference makers in the squad. So you just go, go and go and take a mm-hmm. punt at it. And worst case scenario, you lose, but you probably have a nice time doing it. And the way he's setting up and the way in which or the players that he's putting out and the way he's setting up is not, they can't defend. So just go for it and have a laugh. Like, I'm yeah. a bit lost on it. Yeah. And it's, it's the build up from the back. It is like an extra, it's basically just an extra risk to add on to a team that you're already playing. You, you're already setting them up in terms of you know, with very, very attacking personnel. And it feels to me like adding in, asking the defenders who can't particularly play football to play out rigidly from the back, uh, you know, as if you're like Brighton, that I don't think you've got the players to do that either. So you, you could, if you, if Hibs were all about just getting the ball forward quickly and, you know, and then you've got your two wingers and two strikers, you you've got your best forward line in Scottish football outside Celtic, uh, trademark Duncan McKay. Then you know you know, you know, get get the ball to them as, as quickly as possible and play that way. Which probably means you probably have to uh, you play dodge more than you might want to otherwise. But you know, you just go that way rather than trying to be. I mean, Hibs, Hibs have Hibs would have to play. It feels to me Hibs have to play so well to win a game of football now. Yeah, and. That and it's sort of beyond them, and that's you know it's been the case. That's nine games I think Montgomery's had. He's won twice. Um, he's they've chucked away a few leads in that time as well because it's difficult to sustain playing as well as I think Montgomery's help needs them to play for ninety minutes, and and they, they, it just seems that they can't they can't really can't really do it. So he, he's going to have to. He's basically that's him used up his honeymoon period. I think now, yeah, um, completely. He, he is he's really uh, and as, as I think possibly Barry Robson would have been in not a dissimilar um but obviously Rob Robson has credit in the bank from last season, which uh you know, Montgomery doesn't have, but Montgomery just had the sort of new manager everyone wants to get behind him, sort of um goodwill. I, I think whoever lost on um on, on Saturday, depending on I suppose how how the game had gone, but I, I thought going into it, whoever lost was really going to be on a bit of a sticky wicket with the their own fan base, and I think that's that's Montgomery now. And yeah, there's going to have to be actually some some wins pretty quickly. At, I mean, Rob, uh, Robson, Robson also has the advantage of occasionally winning games of football as well. Yes, um, which, which puts him yeah. in, in, in a slightly slightly further forward than, than Montgomery does as well. Yes, um, there are there are a few stupid decisions I've seen this season. Dan Jack McKenzie's decision to get yeah. himself sent off as well. Um, a yes. quite remarkable moment, which getting suckered in by Lewis Miller is, is quite a quite a talent as well. 
Yeah, of all the people in the park um, to get sucked in by, and it, it wasn't even. It's was one of those where you know sometimes a player does that. You know, it's a bit petulant, and you think the other players sort of at it. But Lewis Miller just looked so shocked that that Mackenzie would be as stupid as that to like fall for his sort of tidy wee nibble to then come back. It was almost like he went off the park. I think it, yeah, did not like sort of stumble off the park and then come roaring back on yeah. like a sort of five year old that's, that's uh, having a tantrum. I mean, yeah, that was that was fair. But uh, unfortunately, Fribs uh, Aberdeen played a lot better without Jim McKenzie, and uh, and yet the Lewis Miller obviously had his had his role in the in the goal as well, which was uh, you know I, I looked at it a few times. I I can't see the foul there. Um, I don't, I don't think there is one. I think he's you've just dived there. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Do we uh, obviously the the VAR decisions there as well? But the penalty mm. decision, we're quite comfortable with it being a dive. Or what are we thinking? Yeah, I think I think with the the Venti one, I, I think he's going down before he make he he makes the contact by going sort of diving into Kellerus. Uh, I, I think there's there's a way that he could have that Venti could have made that a penalty. I think, I think if he'd stayed in his feet longer, got the touch, and then you know, let the contact happen, and then fall over, I think it would have been a penalty. Yeah, yes, but he, I think he, he sort of fell into Ruth because he saw, obviously, saw the sort of dangling, um, uh, dangling arm. So, you know, it, I suppose it's not, it's not massively dissimilar from the uh, the Daniel one that we'll come on to in the in the Rangers Hearts game. But I think that you know, that was a penalty, whereas this one, I think, just just wasn't. That was very, very much my feeling on it as well. Like if you just mm-hmm. if you just stood and waited for the contact, which you should do in any case, you you mm-hmm. would have got the penalty of it. And yeah. it's one of those weird scenarios where it's it, it, sorry, it's not even one of those weird scenarios where he's being too honest with it as well. If he is actually mm-hmm. just slightly more honest, then I think he gets a penalty at the end of it. Yeah, um, I think so. That, that said, by a distance, the nicest bit of play throughout the entirety of the game was threading the ball through onto. Uh, onto Miofsky, who was just was, as soon as he picked up the ball, he was like, "This is this yeah. game is over. Like he will take this ball, he will not miss." Yeah, yeah. He he just uh, he may be the most improved player in Scottish football this season, which he is from good. A, he was good. He was yeah. good last year. Yeah, so yeah, he was. Yeah, so I mean, and that's not not from a low base. You know, yeah. I mean, I I think a few of us probably had our doubts of him when he when he first yeah. arrived. I, th- I thought he was a wee bit limited, but effective. He's well beyond that now. I think you know, he'd probably have a shout at. Um, I mean, I think he'd be nominated for Player of the Year. I don't think he'd necessarily win it if it was held right now. But you think he'd be in that sort of top four? Um, and he, he's just having a having a cracking season, becoming a, a real all round striker, which is just well because almost every other player that was at Aberdeen last season that was good isn't at the moment. So he they, they really really need him to be, and uh, and he is delivering you know, almost every week. So um, great finish, very funny finish right after it. When he yes. uh, tried to <laughs> to uh, think Dave Marshall, it went sideways. I was going to give us that sort of balance of praise there. That yes, that was a that was a smashing ball play. He did very well. <laughs> also, yep. just after that, it's the it's the the, yeah. the duality of man over the sport, over the course of, over the Indeed. course of about three and a half minutes. Yes, yes, but uh, but no, he he was uh, he obviously is such a, a boon for for any team. Um, to have a, a sort of reliable goal scorer like that and, and Aberdeen have that right now and it means that you know Duke can just be missing um, and uh, you know and the rest of the team can look a bit dodgy uh, in terms of how it's set up attacking wise but you know, they've got Majowski who's uh, just such a difference maker for them I mean basically nobody else has a, a reliable scorer but that's we'll, we'll, I imagine we'll get on yes. to that later on as well so that's absolutely fine uh, um, indeed. do we have anything, anything massively more to add to this game other than the the 
absolutely collapse um, from Hibs in that last 15 minutes is no. quite yeah. startling and worrying. Yes, yeah, I mean, they really, it's, you know, we've all seen it supporting uh, our own clubs when when your team starts crossing the ball from positions that are just are not a place you should cross the ball from and just you're just trying to lump it into the box at any angle. Yeah, I mean, they, re- they really panicked and, and played, I, I thought they played really poorly and, and that would be more worrying to me than, than any um you know anything else in, in the game from from Hibs perspective you, you know you can they, they've probably played okay up until the um you know up, up until the, the red card and the goal albeit with uh, I thought sort of distinct lack of quality throughout really going forward but then the, you know they, they got worse and and worse and worse as, as the game went on and uh yeah to sort of that's a bit of a bottling then you know I think I think once the red card uh, you know, it's is uh, is given. I sort of bottled it from from that from that um, point on, which is uh, and and stopped doing. Not that what they were doing really beforehand was was really working, but they they absolutely stopped doing anything that was that looked remotely threatening at that point. So, uh, so yeah, uh, really poor, and yeah, I think there does need to be a change in uh, approach from Montgomery. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Which takes us to Sunday. Um, mm. Remember, remember the fifth of November, where Hearts mm. got bodied that time. Or Hearts got bodied that handed by Rangers once again. Um, mm. yep. Not a, not a, not a huge not a huge amount to to write home about in the first half. Um, no. Not a not not a classic. I think we'll say, but that was more mm. than made up for with four goals in the second half. Yes. Yep. Yep. I mean, I, I thought you're, from obviously from Rangers' perspective, I thought Rangers were pretty comfortable first half without. Um, I'm, I'm, we're, we're making chances, but without making it an absolute, um, you know, without missing any sitters or anything like that. But you know, half time, I, I, I was still pretty confident that that Rangers would would uh, see the game out. Uh, the uh, second half w- was a really, I thought, pretty impressive um, performance from Rangers. Hearts just couldn't really cope. I, I, I thought the defensively looked a bit uh, a bit dodgy, but. Um, it was. It was probably. I, I thought. Um, I did a preview of it with uh, with Fowler on Friday, and I sort of thought that the difference maker. Uh, if you if you have to point to one difference to Clermont's Rangers team compared to Beals, it, it's really Danilo playing, and and he ultimately was that. He's just sharper than than what has been up front for Rangers up until this point in this season, and uh, you know like the Essers. Just God of him isn't winning that penalty because he's not quick enough. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, Morelos wouldn't have won that kind of penalty either last season because um, he wasn't quick enough near, near Strolak. So it's just having that sort of sharp, sharp in the, both in the mind and in the legs, um, which we've not had for for a while. Uh, and you know, and obviously wins the uh, you know wins the penalty, um, and then you know, good link up play for for Scott Wright, who uh, Scott Wright is got a bit of a Hamden specialist against Hearts enemy. Um, uh, scored a good goal from sort Danilo's nice link up play as well. So yeah, it uh, he's the Danilo is making a, a difference there. Um and is uh, I think teams are sort of struggling to work out what to do with what, him. what to do. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's, he's um he's got that sort of same sort of electric <laughs> electric pace that like Sakala had, for example. Mm. But he's actually quite good at football as well, which Sakala yes. notably wasn't for a good chunk mm-hmm. of that time as well. So he's mm-hmm. of all of all of the business that Rangers did in the summer, he's uh, Butland aside obviously as well, but mm-hmm. he's the one yeah. that's beginning to fulfil a little bit of the, the transfer fee that was paid for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as well he should, you know, he, he was pretty expensive for you know, very expensive from a, from Scottish football um Sanders, so you know, he should be a guy that looks a sort of a, a level apart, and and he's starting to, um, and uh, it's just the amount of shots he gets off as well. Like he, he's he's racking up the, the, I mean, he's he sort of, I think he's averaging sort of five or six shots a game, which is is quite a lot for for one player. Um, so you know, the goals obviously come for that. There wasn't a goal today, but you know, there may as well have been really um, considering what he uh, the impact he had in the game. So. So yeah, that that was just ultimately. I think Hearts couldn't quite cope with that, and and Hearts, I, I really didn't think looked threatening out with set pieces at any point in 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 the game whatsoever. Um, it's quite different from last week when when Shankland and and uh, and Vargas to a lesser extent sort of caused Rangers problems. It, it did look like um, partly that was a change of personnel with with Balgan playing, who is just a bit more adept um, physically than Ben Davies. Ben Davies also come on came on to. Uh, not great effect later on in the game, um, but uh, yeah, just I mean, I don't like Balogun's a great defender for Rangers standard these days. You know, he shouldn't really be, but he had another good game where he's just, you know, he, he does have these games in Scottish football. Balogun, where he's always looked like uh, quite comfortable because he, he's got all the physical tools that that you need, and uh, you know, players can't really run away from him. So, so yeah, he, he had another good game, and I thought Rangers just looked quite solid. And you know, I with as I say, like you know, the sort of break of a ball at a set piece or whatever, I, I couldn't really see how Hearts um, were going to to score. Whereas the you know, week before Ibrox, Hearts, you obviously didn't have that much um, going forward after they'd scored early on, but they, you know, they did have that move, and they had a couple other ones in in the uh, throughout the game where they actually looked quite threatening. But that just that just wasn't the case today. Yeah, Butland had a good save from Kent, I think it was. Yes. Uh, I think it was not long after the opening penalty. Yeah, I think it, it was, was yeah. yeah. Not long after that. And again, it was one of those ones, like, it was a decent header, it was a a, mm-hmm. a decent save, but that was kind of about as, as close as Hearts came, really, yeah. with that as well. And yeah. uh, just super clumsy from Clark of the penalty as well. It was just like, mm. not, not, not great from getting to him in the first place, but again, just super clumsy, so... Again, yeah. everyone just saying our gentle prayers towards Angus Gunn being fit and healthy and well. Um, Please. <laughs> we'll come on to another day contender for that yes, spot we later will. on. Yes, <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will indeed. Um, but mm. I don't know, from, from, a, from kind of a Hearts perspective in this one, it's mm. kind of difficult to take a, a huge amount away from the game again. Mm. Um, from them. Yes, Shanklin got his 
almost customary VAR penalty later on in the game. Mm-hmm. But it, it, even with that as well, it didn't really feel a case of like, oh, that's that'll be an awkward 10 minutes remaining. It just <laughs> kind of, yeah, games kind of fizzled out by that point, certainly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it yeah. was... I always find it quite startling when Scott Wright does have one of his days. He's you know, very clearly a very talented player and he's a smashing sort of highlights player as well. I, mm. I would imagine you could put together a good sort of five, six minute showreel um, of his time at Rangers where you could make him look like a genuine world beating player. Um, but just he just giving him that level of space and the ability to pick up pockets and then knock the ball around around corners and do quick one-twos. Hearts just didn't really deal with it, and you saw it was, yeah. was it rolls, rolls that grabbed hold him at the edge of the box as well, because it was just a case mm-hmm. of we we literally just don't know what to do here. We need some help here. We need somebody to do something different. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I kind of assumed that's why um, they brought on maybe Forrest as well to stretch the game out wider a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But he's never really got to grips with a guy who's a decent player rather than a a world yeah. player, which is a, a frustrating one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. He's been good, right? Actually, he, he was you know since since Clowns come in, he he was good. Uh, he was really good against Dundee. I thought um, didn't really get any headlines, but he just it's one of those. He he might just be a beneficiary of the Rangers system being a bit more straightforward to play in than it used to be under and the, you know, the Gerard Beale it was always a bit like I did think those two number 10s it was basically like if you were Ryan Kent you were okay but even if sometimes he wasn't and then nobody else seemed to work out exactly what they were meant to be doing and and yeah. that 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 sort of followed that, that really came to a head this season when we didn't have Ryan Kent so he just he just seems to be being asked to do something relatively simple which is you know, I think there are a lot of movements going on ahead of him, but he's getting he's getting isolated and he's getting one on one with with uh, with opponents, and he's that's where he's actually quite useful because he is quite good at uh, being direct and, and dribbling at people. So he could be a, a guy. I mean, he's, he's never going to be a, like an amazing Rangers player, but he he would it would it would be really good if he can just be a good solid squad player, which he's he's yeah. shown signs of breaking out into, but never quite nailed that down just for from a sort of you know he's in the european squad because he's, he's scottish and rangers have a, you know, a real positive scottish player so um that's uh he, it's he, he could he could really have a, a decent rangers career he could basically never leave um because and and be a guy that's just on the bench all the time but you know effective when he comes on it's Really, sort of weirdly niche role of we need you to be a bench player, but we also need to be a, a like a super consistent performer. Yeah, while uh, being a bench player, like it's yes. a really odd role. Right, I know, very specialised yeah. role. But similarly, if you only want to play half an hour a week, that sounds class. Right, yeah, it does like, exactly. Yeah, you'll never get injured. You'll be fine. Um, and uh, yeah, probably worth mentioning also that Tav's free kick was was class. Um, it was a was... very good strike, Tavon. Uh, yes. Tavernier I, Hamden feels like there's a handful and obviously these he strike against Peter Head is the one that I most yes. vividly remember as well. But a couple of them. This one might count for slightly more potentially. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. Um but I it was uh, it was lovely. again, Clark I don't think covered himself in glory there by moving away from the ball before it went uh, rifling in. But if, yeah, if it goes in in your side, that's not it's not great. I think as a keeper. Nonetheless. Hmm. Um, yes. Moving away, moving away from this cup nonsense, um, mm-hmm. we have three cinch Premiership games to work through. Uh, we will start in the Highlands um, as on mm. Saturday lunchtime, uh, Celtic ran out three nothing winners against Ross County. 
Um, it was uh, it's a training exercise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah large part. Yeah, it kind of it felt very briefly like it might be slightly frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. Only for uh, James Brown. No, not that one. The other one uh, got sent off for what was actually a, like it was one of those ones which went to VAR and was upgraded from a yellow to a red. The referee was standing, looking at it about four feet away, yeah, and gave him a book in the first place. Like that's a really poor challenge. Yeah, I, I, the only thing, the only mitigation I would put for the referee, not for James Brown, because it definitely was red, was that I, I think he maybe wasn't expecting him to fly in like that, and I, I, I think unless you see the point of in, because yeah. from a the first, when I saw it at first, I thought, well, no, I, mean, I, I thought, well. That, I mean, it's not good. It's not a good tackle, but it might be all right because it basically just depends on on the point of impact. But then when you see the point of impact and it's like studs up on the ankles, like well, that's definitely a red. But if he if he'd sort of wrapped, you know, if if, if he hadn't gone studs up uh, or studs into him and he just sort of like wrapped him around the, uh, the shins, then it's a really it's not a good tackle, but it's yellow. So that that would be the only mitigation I think you could give the referee. But that you he sort of flew into it, and maybe just wasn't actually watching exactly where the, where the impact was but but yeah it's um or it could just be a he shot out of it because he thought if bar will make it a red card if it's a red yeah. card I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll get away with it we'll get away with not having to make a, a, a huge number of decisions on this because we'll yeah, just especially after like eight, eight minutes in or whatever yeah you might have just thought let's yellow they'd make this yellow and then you know yeah vr is in the background if if, if uh, made a mistake yeah it looked like the, it looked like it might Potentially become a little bit frustrating, but ultimately, mm. like again, like there was just so many chances for Celtic, it's just over and yeah. over again, and it's it's yeah. one of those ones where you feel that they could have racked the score up to be seven or eight if they'd really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as as soon as they got that first goal as well, it, it game's game's done at this point. Yeah, yeah, it was a funny one because like, Ross Liddell played brilliantly, actually. Yeah, he and was, he definitely. Like, like some of the saves he made were, were superb, and he he did keep the score down. However, I would say the Turnbull one and the Palma one he could have maybe done better with. It's like, fun, you know, weirdly enough, like, I mean, you can't, because you know, it should have been, another put another goalkeeper in there and it could have been four or five easily. Um, but I thought the Palma one especially, that, that's in the middle of the goal. I know it sort yeah. of goes over him a bit, but I, I thought he could have saved that. And then the, the Turnbull one's good, you know, is in the corner. But again, I think he might have thought he could have got down to that one. Um, but then some of the other saves were like, ridiculously good. Um, yeah. One from um, Fenerbahce's second half, which in particular, which yeah, the one where he's arm was sort of dangling down there as yeah. well. It was, and there was because he made that same save about three or four times of just yeah. arms just down there, managing to <laughs> manage to just get a block away. And like yeah. the the Palmo, I, I do agree with you as well. Like it's, I feel bad criticizing a guy who had mm-hmm. to put up with like. Yeah. Had to put up with 39 shots at his goal. It's not <laughs> yeah. necessarily your fault here. Um, but the yeah. Palmer one, my initial thought, that's an amazing strike. And then watching it back from the reverse side, I'm like, it's going kind <laughs> of straight at you there as yeah. well. Yeah. So I, he, he could have done better with that, but he's, he was maybe just shell shocked um, because <laughs> <laughs> he was getting you know, the shots just flying in at him constantly. Um, I think he, that must have been the most saves anyone's made in a game for ages, I think, because it was about, I think, did he make like 13? Odd saves, something like that, um, which is a lot. So it's a fair play to him, but uh, but yeah, I thought he could have done uh, slightly better. But it's it just, uh, so, I mean, you know, constructive criticism. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he, it, it was a shame. Obviously, I mean, it was the right decision, but it completely ruined the game as a contest having that red card so early, and it just yeah, it was just attack against defence, you know, for for eight minutes almost. Yeah, 
I, I see uh, Malky McKay's war on, on Kel Turner actually playing games of football um, mm. and he continues there as well. Um, so yes. um, a, a slightly different look Celtic side as well as they sort of rotated a little bit. Callum McGregor mm-hmm. inevitably still played um, because of, of course he did. Yep. Why, would, why would he not? Um, David Turnbull probably started man in the day as well for them as well, mm-hmm. which these are the kinds of games if he's going to get runs out in games Broadly, O'Reilly and Hadati are, are better footballers than David Turnbull. But if he's going to secure a, a place higher up the pecking order at Celtic or somewhere else, it's these games that he's really got to start in. And mm-hmm. he did. He was very good throughout the game, I thought, as well. Yeah, there seems to be a bit of noise developing around Turnbull in a negative sense from Celtic yes. fans. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm offering out basically any of them that want to, if they would like to. <laughs> If anyone would like to discuss this further, they're welcome to meet me at Rule Street. I will breathe it. I will be there, and you can bring your more. Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> single-handedly holding back the barbarians at the gate here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to work out. You know, I mean, you can see how is it going to work out for the Trumple? He's already won quite a lot of this stuff at Celtic, but I, I don't think it's. I don't think he'll ever end up being a Celtic regular first pick. I, I think that ship's sailed for for him now, um, and you know you, you'll leave Celtic probably. You know, I think relatively soon. I, I'm not sure when his contract's up, but I, I I don't think you'll sign another one. Um, so so I think you'll probably because he needs to be. I think he you would rightly want to play more football than he, than he will if he stays at Celtic, even though he will. He'll play a decent amount, um, as he has done more or less throughout his, his Celtic career. He's always probably been the fourth man. In the midfield, almost. I mean, I think he, I think he played pretty much every game actually when Postecoglou first came in. Yeah. Um, and then he got injury, injury, didn't he? Up at Tannadice, if I remember correctly. And then he, you know, then Hatati uh, came in, O'Reilly came in, and he's never really after that. You properly um, he got kept his place in the in the team after that. So, so yeah, I mean, he definitely has his uses. Um, shooting outside the box, probably the best in the league. Um and you know he is he is a good footballer. It's just he probably isn't ever going to really kick on at Celtic now because he he just won't play yeah, every. He, week. Needs, he needs, just needs to be playing every week at this point in his career, and it's it's now at the point where it's potentially becoming detrimental for him. It was fine to be like, well, you're yeah. there and you're on the fringes, but the, the the reality is that the quality there is of such a such a high level. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of Scottish and Scottish football terms, that it's unlikely mm-hmm. that he's going to. Be going beyond that there as well, yeah. Um, and uh, and even a, a swan swan song from the the human victory cigar, uh, James Forrest as well. So fair yes, mm. very good. Yes. Um, that takes us to Rugby Park. Wonderful. Mm. Um, Motherwell's <laughs> absolute catastrophe for the, of the last like nine games odd continues onwards. I actually saw some people suggesting that had we not. Had we just got leathered off Rangers, Celtic, Rangers and Celtic mm. rather than playing them so close, that might actually have been quite advantageous for us. I'm yes. not convinced that's the case, um, as my view is generally getting leathered in football games is probably a bad thing. Um, mm. So, yeah, ultimately I don't think that's a positive. Um, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I have pressed the panic button, but I know where the panic button is in my house. <laughs> so if I need it, uh-huh. I can go and fucking get. I can go and get the panic button if I need it. There's a decent chance I think we're going to need it relatively soon. Yeah, it's uh, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because when a when a bad run of results start, yep. actually start with good performances, as certainly the performance at uh, Ibrox was a good performance. 
Um, the performance at Fort Park against the Celtic was was a pretty good performance. Yeah, I, I I do what I mean. There could be something in the oh we're doing everything right, and and maybe it, and, and the results come. don't come. So it's like well we don't we just need to keep doing what we're doing, and then maybe problems have uh, have arisen, uh, and amongst all that, it's um, I mean it's not like you know, the the game well in midweek was probably more concerning. Imagine the 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 Aberdeen game. Um, this was just a game where there wasn't a great, yeah, great I mean, deal in it. But in, in, in isolation, um, a whole number of teams will go to Rugby Park this season and lose 1-0. Yeah. Um, teams like Rangers and Celtic will go to Rugby Park yes, and we, lose we 1-0. Have, we, have, we have indeed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Teams better than us, teams worse than us. A lot of teams will go to Rugby Park this season and, and lose 1-0. For me, you're a very, very good side. Like the the mm. the back line that they have is very good. It's very well balanced. It's very, very well settled. Um, Romy Dees was really was smashing in this game as well. Was a little bit of everything, um, showing the real mm. quality that he has. I thought it was kind of funny that I presume Stuart Finlay um, made his way back at North on the basis that he was looking at the Scotland squad, being like, "Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make it in there by playing in." Like English League One, English League Two, nobody yeah. cares. I'll come back to Kilmarnock, I'll play regularly, and I'll edge my way back into the squad. I would suggest he's now, if, if I was going to pick one defender from Kilmarnock, I don't think mm. it would be him. And that's coming from someone I, I think Stuart Finley's a smashing player. Yeah. I think it's more likely to be Robbie Dees at this point. If there's, yeah. if there's a, a scrape, scrabbling around for a centre half, I think it's more likely to be him than it it's is interesting with Dees is that Dees seems, because he, he did come out of the team in, in you recently. Uh, at Kilmarnock and it, but I would have said that what, what these's best games have been the best games of any this is from, from my um, viewing of Kilmarnock's games I feel that when he's been good is like you know it's been like the best performance of any Kilmarnock defender um, this season but then he's maybe not he's had his, his floor maybe a wee bit lower than, than Finlay yeah. which you'd sort of expect with him both Finlay and Mayo and that you know they they actually have more first um you know the experience I think in the in the top flight than than these does so it's not shocking that he might have the odd game where he just he's not quite got to grips with his, his opposite number or whatever but when he has good games you know as he did uh, obviously been um both Rangers and Celtic games early in the season um and again uh, uh at the weekend when he was actually getting forward um quite well um and and his role was sort of I think slightly uh, slightly more advanced than it has been in other games. You know, he looked superb. So, so yeah, it's it's. I think maybe by the end of the season, you know, he might come out a little bit because obviously they get right as well. Um, so they've got actually got four centre halves, which I always think it can be a problem for Scottish teams that like to play with the back three when they only they quite often seemingly only have like three centre halves that can actually do it. And then as soon as one of them goes missing, it's like, well, do we need to change the whole formation or what, what are we doing? I think I think Kamark have got four centre halves that can do it. And, and can play it and, and a couple of them in, in Mayo uh, and these can probably play in other positions as well yeah. so you could potentially get all four of them on the park at different times if if you want to do that Um, that uh, yeah he, he's just a really good player uh, Deason I think you uh, in, in 18 months time um, I wouldn't be that shocked if he is depends you know where, where Scotland's centre half options are at that point but um, I, I wouldn't be that shocked if he's sort of taking a step up or he's uh, he's in about the the Scotland squad because while he might have a, you know, the, the odd inconsistent moment this season, I think you'll you'll continue to improve. Yeah, 
Um, obviously, losing Kelvy Sell, um, a, mm. a blow for for Kelly in this game. I had did a bit did a bit of digging earlier, and it seemed to just be like a dead leg rather than anything sort of more serious yeah. and, and longer term for him. But um, that saw Ennis Cameron enter the fourth, which uh, gives me a little bit of fear because I believe all of his goals have come against teams that ended up being relegated. Uh, which is a little bit of a concern because streaks obviously have to be broken at some point. Um, I just desperately hope it's us because that's quite concerning. Yes, yeah, he um, he, he took his goal well. Um, I think most of the plaudits for the goal should uh, go to another such star of Kilmarnock season, David Watson. He's yeah. a good player. He's a first smash. I, I think he could really go far. Um, he, he just looks intensely annoying. As, yeah. you know, to play against um, because he, he's just so much energy about him um, really gets about the park well and has a decent amount of quality as well um, and you know just it's, uh, I was impressed when players young players play as intelligently as, as Watson uh, did for that uh, for that goal and reminded me a bit of you know, like a, a younger Lewis Ferguson he was like always always played as if he was like 35 even though he, when he was like 18 and, and started to play Aberdeen. So, yeah, Watson has a bit of that about him, whereas he does have the youthful exuberance, but he's also he's pretty switched on and clever. Um, yeah. I think and so. Yeah. That's the sort of thing you want to see from players like that as well, because obviously he came at the Kelly team last season as well and was a huge catalyst for them kind of securing their safety yeah. sim- simply just by being there and just being relentless and all. He's just a good, mm. good player. Yeah. Um, but like you he's say, like, just starting yeah. to add just the little bits to it, a little bit more and more to his game, and a little bit, a few more strings to his bow ultimately yeah. as well. Because like last season, it felt like he was one. Of the, he was like the poster boy to the sort of fans that always say, "I oll just get one of the youth in." You know, they they'll, they'll try and they, they have to be better than what we're getting served up here. And then and then he, he just sort of was caught because of his energy. Um, so actually, that's worked. Like they did just yeah. need someone to run about daft in the midfield. Um, but uh, but he's, he's there's more to his game than that, and. And yeah, I think he's he's already becoming like a not Kamara fans don't necessarily want to think about him, him leaving already, but yeah, you know, I think he's already becoming quite a, a, a big asset for uh, Kamara, and they also don't need to work out what they want to do with him. But he's, uh, I think, he's a cracking player. He's a very desirable type player. That's something mm. that you get a lot of various people who get on board with. Yeah. Uh, enough beating in the bush. Uh, Liam Kelly and his. Uh, Assist. While, while, while it was very kind of you to suggest that um, David Watson uh, mm-hmm. produced a, a significant yeah. role uh, within Ennis Cameron's goal, uh, Liam Kelly, I would suggest, uh, really gets the assist for this for tumbling a, a relatively tame shot out of his grasp in the six-yard box. Um, I I always feel that when Kelly comes back from international camps, he's a worse player for a couple of weeks. Mm. And he, he, international duty seems to I don't know whether it gets in his head or just the moving away from the weekly football. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, but I always feel that he's poor when he comes back from international breaks. And mm. I'd always wondered, if he actually gets a cap, how poor is he going to be when he returns to Motherwell? And now I have the answer to uh, that. Um, yes. Following the Aberdeen game and this game, he is he is not having a nice time um, at this moment in time. He had a nice save in the first half in Brad Lyons. Good save, very Liam <clears throat> Kelly type save. Mm-hmm. I, that was that was very good save. Very good save. Just quite concerned because he's just making the he's making the stupid mistakes, um, which is <laughs> alarming. And the throughout this season, it's from Motherwell's perspective, it's kind of felt like a bit of like if we can just about hold station until we get uh, BRS back and Wilkinson fit again and Butcher back and everybody's fit and everyone's 
ready. The problem is that they're now all back and we are becoming a worse football team for it. Um, mm. Brody Spencer, for example, seems to be getting worse with every week he plays. Like last year, with James Furlong, who it felt like every single game he played, he became a better wing back. Spencer is a is a left. Uh, uh, Spencer is a right sided wing back who is continually putting the left because he's fast enough to get away with it. Just about mm-hmm. um, doesn't particularly left foot, so can't bomb down and, and, and whip it in. Has to continually chuck, cut back, which teams have figured out. Um, mm-hmm. When Motherwell's best chance in the game was Paul McGinn going an amazing run to try and finish with his left foot. Uh-huh. I have concerns here. I have concerns yes. here. And there's 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 no real. There's no real depth in the Motherwell squad either to then move away from the system that we have. Kettlewell has recruited for the system that we are playing with mm-hmm. a couple of little tweaks here and there. So whether it's it's three strikers, but they're tucked in behind or playing mm-hmm. like a sort of four-man midfield, like all of that, that's tinkering around the edges around not having any width in the team that's not a wing-back. Mm-hmm. And, and now I'm... I'm increasingly concerned that we can't turn this round because we don't have the players to change anything. And if, as with all systems within the Scottish top flight, generally, sort of Steve Robinson on multiple occasions, that eventually teams manage to figure it out. Yeah. And there are ways in which you can stop those systems, and I don't yeah. know where we go from here. Because yeah, because yeah, teams teams play against each other too often in Scotland. If if you are a bit of one note as a team, you can unless you're you're extremely good. Um. You can struggle, and and I do wonder if the yeah Kethwell sort of system of Motherwell, um, and he was picking up before. I was listening to the radio before the uh, the three o'clock games on Saturday, and he was or the, the one three o'clock game that was this was the only one, but it was it was Kettlewell, um, talking about uh, like going through the, with the players like the game model, and he, I think he called it. Some of the pitch, it wasn't pitch geography, that was a Mark Warburtonism. I, I can't remember, it was something like that he said, though. And it was about like, and it sounded like good and detailed, and like, you know, we're just reinforcing exactly what it is that we want them to do. But obviously, the longer you go on a run where you're not winning any games, uh, the more you think, well, you might want to change that model a bit. Uh, I know it got, it got, it muddled out of a, a particularly sticky situation they were in last season. Uh, and maybe that clarity was just what was required then, but that you might have been rumbled short, and yep. you might you might need to tweak things. But then, as you've said, how far can you if you, uh, you don't really have the players um, yep. to to do we've, that? We've we've tried to play Blair Spittle like out wide as part of a like front three. We've done that before. That was Graham mm-hmm. Alexander's. Grand idea, it did not mm. work. Like Blair Spittle is a fine footballer, he is not a man blessed with pace. Yeah, um, and that's kind of throughout the squad as well. Um, there's mm-hmm. not a huge amount of pace that isn't coming from deep, yeah. um, which makes us somewhat one-dimensional and easy to play against. In addition, as well, I know players do not like playing at Kilmarnock in terms of the surface. They they, they don't agree with it. Whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. Motherwell consistently seem to get it in their heads that you cannot play at Kilmarnock, which is not true. Mm. Teams do, teams have. Kilmarnock knock the ball around at time from time to time as well, relatively well. But it's so ingrained within the, the Motherwell team that you can't play on it. Just the relentless, just get it, empty it, get it forward, get it forward fast and do that. It's, it drives me nuts. It drives me yeah. nuts. We do the same at Livingston as well when it's just not 
on there are occasions yeah. when that is required. It's not mm. always required, especially when you're, you're, the, the ball doesn't bounce normally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you are lumping it forward, it's probably going to be even less effective than you just did that on a grass park because, uh, yep. yeah, it, it can bounce away from you quite easily. So, so yeah, not um, not not great for mother ball. Not great. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Nonetheless, that takes us to the final game mm. of the weekend um, as we head to the something foam stadium. Scott foam, Scott foam. stadium. Scott foam stadium at Dens Park. Mr. Scott foam. Yep. Mr. Scott foam. Uh, well, Dundee defeated Livingston 1-0 um, as Livingston's uh, struggles, um, I would say, continue. And mm. Dundee's relatively sensible, decent season continues. Yeah. I, mean, I thought uh, in midweek Dundee were absolutely rotten. Against Rangers, yeah, like that. I think that was one of the worst, you know, opposition performances Rangers have, have come up against in recent years. Although it was that bad, it was just very, um, I mean, they were just just sort of sitting ducks, ready to get to uh, to get shot. The but uh, apart from that, Dundee have been have been really, yeah, really I quite think, impressive this season. I think today is a, a much better reflection of where Dundee are. Than mm-hmm. the midweek yeah. game against Rangers, like ultimately Dundee will be a relatively stodgy team who are quite difficult to beat. Again, mm-hmm. as soon as Rangers take the lead in that game, after six minutes, eight minutes, yeah, yeah. that was it. It's, it's, it's fucked because Dundee aren't going to then go and go to to Rangers. If they could go to to Rangers, then they do it from the first minute. In any case, mm-hmm. they cannot. There's a reality attached to that as well. Um, and even with that today as well, as I've, I've said this before as well, and I, I do find it kind of odd um, discussing Tony Docherty as like a, a rookie manager because he's, he's yeah. been in Scottish football for, for a jubillion years. But <laughs> similarly as well, he's still you can see him still learning in terms of what he is doing as Dundee manager and whether it's just the players or whether it's just him taking responsibility as the gaffer rather than uh, as, as an assistant and, and somebody else, the buck stopping with them. But like today, like the... Dundee improved enormously once, uh, bo- uh, once Boating uh, came into the game as well. Mm. Like he was asking Silla and Cameron to kind of do the job that Boating does without actually having them. Just just play Boating. Like, just think that, it's fine. Just skip to the end. We'll play Malachi Boating, and that that'll that, that'll improve it enormously yeah. as well. And you could everything, everything kind of within that Dundee side kind of ticks through him in the middle, whether it's defensively or whether it's offensively. He's a smashing player, and you get just a little bit of everything out of him. Yeah, um, they still look light up top to me. Um, and it's Dundee, like I said earlier on, like like you said, Miofsky's the only 
obviously he's a consistent goal scorer for Aberdeen. He's basically about the only consistent goal scorer in the entirety of the league at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. It's a real struggle for the majority of sides, and we saw that in basically all of the league games um, this weekend in, in Ross County or Livingston or Kilmarnock or mm-hmm. Motherwell or, uh, or Dundee. Um, Rudden mm-hmm. gives you effort, back of Yoko gives you effort. Neither of them will look like they're going to. Potentially, if they hit double figures, then I'd say that's been very good season for them. Oh, yeah, um, extremely. Look, McCowan, on the other hand, mm. yes, uh, he is a, uh, is a, getting a lot of plaudits. Yes, um, was his free kicks? It's, it's worth tuning in the sports scene to see simply that. Uh, much as anything else, he was it's an absolutely smashing free kick. Um, the only other thing I really have to add to this game as well is the um, potential red card. Uh, in the game as well, uh, it's a funny one. Um, mm. Kelly kind of lunges at it. I, I know you don't necessarily take into account the pace of the people around you. Mm. I kind of feel like if anyone steps away from Mikey Devlin, he will not catch them. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, a fact. yeah his legs don't work. He's likes to work. He is. He's a fine footballer for what he is. But again, <laughs> I'm not. I I was surprised to see. I was a little bit surprised to see it overturned. Um, mm-hmm. I th- thought it could have ended up a red quite comfortably, but nonetheless, yes, yes. But uh, but yeah, uh, just on Livingston, that sort of. Um, I mean, do do you fear for Livingston? Um, I because... feel like it's consistent on my position of Livingston. I think they're a, I think they're a poor team. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because I had sort of thought, to be honest, like obviously there was a lot of chat in the summer around them not having any money. Um, yep. Uh, which not for the first time uh, at Livingston, and obviously, and that can go a variety of different ways. And uh, obviously, I'm strong with recruitment a wee bit, but my, as I think I said this earlier in the week to uh, somebody I was speaking to about this, and I was like, well. I can't. I struggle to see them going down. Will Martindale as a manager, because I just, I just think he's got enough about him that that's, you know, they were just Livingston their way out of it. I'm beginning to wonder about that. I think they they might be in bother because it it really depends. I think their season will largely depend on Dustin Johnson continue to be as bad as they've been up until this point. If Sir Johnson, if Sir Johnson, you know. Improve slightly, then I think multiple. Uh, I think Livingston multiple might be as well right enough, but I think Livingston yeah. might be in in bother in serious bother because yeah, they're, they're not as good as Dundee, which is that is no. worrying because Dundee are probably going to finish tenth or ninth maybe, but that, that they'll end up about there. If you're worse than Dundee, I think you're in relegation trouble, and I, I think Livingston are. I they just keep missing good chances. Like Nubly mm. missed a, a good chance in the in the first half, and it was like a ten fifteen. Uh, it was a ten fifteen minute period, but it was all Livy in this game, and I kind of feel that happens in just every game for Livingston as well. Mm. Like they have this wee ten minute period where they look really good, but they don't get a goal, and then if they don't get the goal at that point, they're just not in the game. And I mm. I feel like they miss a lot of good chances, and they need to again. If you're creating good chances, but you're not quite finishing them, is that like okay? You're 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 in the game at the very least. Mm-hmm. They have to be more clinical in the chances that they have, um, because yeah. I see. I feel like just about every game at Seville Livingston, there's a chance at a key point which they're just not taking as well. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was one of the, the issues I suppose I have when you're sort of attacking Talisman is Joel Nibley, who isn't very good at taking chances. You know, that's yeah. his big. And uh, you, you would you rather have you know a, a guy like Joel Nibley who's much worse, but if he was amazing at finishing, probably. Like you know, if you could, if you could lose all those twinkle toes and and everything that makes him the sort of fun player that he is to watch, and just get a reliable goal scorer instead, you might be better off. Possibly, like Bruce Anderson who sits, like Bruce Anderson mm. who sits on the bench for the majority yes. of weeks. <laughs> indeed, indeed, exactly. It's a, it's an issue. Nonetheless, that rounds us off uh, for this weekend's action. Um, mm. With uh, I assume we'll have around twelve thousand different patrons coming out over the course of the week. I think so, um, as well as the general lower league Sunday pod or the lower league podcast on Thursday as well. But uh, thanks very much for your time this evening, Ian. Ian, who's Ian? Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks very much for your time this. E- Thank you very much for your time this evening, Ewan. Thank Goodness you, Graham. Me, you're very welcome, Ian. Um, and. Thank you very much, dear listener, for tuning in to listen. We will be back at various points over the week. Uh, enjoy the rest of your working week. Sorry about that. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.